Hello, everybody. I would like to welcome you all to a new episode of Are You Really Living Podcast. Today, I am fortunate to have attorney Eddie Laguerre with me today. Um, he's an immigration attorney, and we're going to be talking about immigration mostly today. Um, Mr. Laguerre is from Cap Haitian in Haiti. He currently lives, resides in Tallahassee, where he practices law. Uh, he has his own law firm. He's a Haitian American, and he's very knowledgeable into the immigration law. Uh, he practices here in the U.S. and also practices in Haiti. So, with that being said, with that being said, let me go ahead and uh, introduce Mr. Laguerre. Mr. Laguerre, how are you doing today? Hi, Andrew. Um, I'm. Thank you for having me. I'm doing great. I'm glad to join your podcast, and I hope we're going to have some good discussion here today. Perfect, perfect. Now, you are an immigration attorney. That's what you do. That's the main reason why I have you on here, so we can talk about what's going on with the new program that the current administration has in place. But before I jump into this, my first question to you is, what is TPS? For people that don't know TPS, they always hear the, 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 the acronym TPS, but they don't know what it stands for or what are the benefits or what are the pros and cons of TPS? Can you explain that to us? Okay. TPS means temporary protected status. TPS is a status that some people who, other, who otherwise would not have any status in the U.S. or some of them would do have status but would, would want a different type that might provide more benefit can have um, where those people can get access to a work permit, can get access to the first social security number. For some people who are um, listening to this show, they, they may think that it's a natural why that always oh, just in the social security number because you are born here um, and you think it's the simplest thing. But this number is very important, but some people may not be able to have it depending on their immigration status. And when you don't have that, you, can't have, you cannot have a bank account. And you know, when you don't have a bank account, you probably cannot catch a Uber. You cannot swipe a card mm -hmm. at the at the um, market, and you cannot um, use Amazon your Amazon account. So those are simple things that I would want to take as as example for the everyday American who doesn't really know that other people are actually struggling to get work authorization, struggling to get social security, and of course struggling to to get other basic needs such as should have health insurance and other stuff. So temporary protective status helps those people from certain countries to have access to this kind of protection. The, the administration by law can decide, the president can decide what country he will give that type of protective status to, what um, people from what country would benefit from it. Usually it's a country where um, there's a major humanitarian crisis or political crisis like a war, a earthquake like um, we had in Haiti at some point or other major political or humanitarian problems um, um, that can justify that those people are here, they are tourists or they, are, don't have a they don't have a status. Otherwise, we would have asked them to go back home. But as of now, considering the way that the country is doing, we are going to let them stay here for a while 
usually for 18 months because that's the maximum um, um, amount of time that the president can give at any given um, time. So they would give it for 18 months. And now we have uh, around 12 countries in that, in that list. Um, we have Ethiopia, South Sudan, um, Ukraine is on that list now. And Haiti is one of those, Venezuela is one of those and, and a lot of other countries that benefits from um that um temporary protected status and at the end of the at the end of that 18 month um the president can at its own discretion and depending on the situation of the on the respective country can renew the um um tps period for those people who already qualified and and i would say this is a very important relief for those who qualify for for it and some people have been living on tps alone for 10 years now um, 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 especially Haitian, um, um, because since 2011, Haitian have been holding that type of status. So now how can someone, if let's say, let's say I'm on TPS and I would like to be removed from TPS and be a, have the, a green card, which is a resident. How can someone make that transition or is, is that transition possible? It is possible. It is not an automatic transition. It's not like TBS is considered a step to green card. It's, that's not the case. But you can make the transition. But there's, there's a lot of factors and possibilities that, that um, can um, lead you to a green card when you have TBS. Usually, the way we know it the most is um, when um, the family member applies for you to um um for a green card they they petition you for a green card if you have tps and you are otherwise eligible or admissible as we say as attorney um we um um can help you um with your family member to um apply for adjustment of status and um with that adjustment of status you you can uh, with your family member you can adjust your status to leave tps and go to family to to green card now there's a lot of other factors that we will need to take into account, like whether you you had any time where you were unlawfully present in the U.S., um, whether you have any crime, whether you have any communicable disease, etc. There's a lot of qualification. You don't just get a green card, but you have to qualify for it to be eligible and admissible to the country. Now, that's for the family. Uh, also, for a job, can a job can be able to petition or to sponsor you, like we say, for a job. Um, um, the, the, the institution doing that will need to have a certain labor certification from the Department of Labor. And with mm -hmm. that certification, they can then petition you. Uh, and of course, all of those criteria that I mentioned will be taken into account, like whether you had any day where you were unlawfully present in the U.S., um, whether you, are, you have any criminal conviction, whether you have any other reason that will make you inadmissible in the U.S., like a drug condition, like a marriage fraud problem, or all kind of, of problem that could make you inadmissible to the U U.S. So those are two main ways that somebody can usually get a green card, either through a job or through a family member, although there are some subcategories, like some people, depending on their background, may be able to self-petition, like somebody who has a STEM degree and who has an advanced degree, they might be able to do something called EB2NIW, which stands for Employment-Based Second Category, 
National Interest River. And when they do that, um, 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 one profession that we, um, usually we will see um, um, going to this program, maybe there's a lot of other professions, but like, let's say a physician, um, we have a shortage of physicians. So we may say um, that, okay, since we have a shortage in this area, you do have an advanced degree. So we're going to let you position yourself without a job sponsoring you because it, it looks like the market needs you and you will be able to find a job once we give you a green card. So um, um, so that's one way of doing that. But of course, um, that person needs to have TPS, but TPS should, you should have applied for TPS at the time where you are still legally present in the U.S. And before that status expired, you did apply for TPS so that you don't have any gap where you didn't have any status. Let's say you had F1 as a student, while you mm -hmm. have F1, you transition from F1 to TPS without losing status. And while you are with your TPS, you then apply for EB2 if you become qualified for it. If you have credentials for it, you apply for it and you receive it. Then you have your green card. And once you have your green card, you can um, um, apply for naturalization, usually within um, five years, um, if other eligibility criteria are met. Perfect. Now, let's say if I'm somebody from straight up from Haiti right now, and mm -hmm. I went through Chile, I went to Brazil, I went to South America, basically, and then mm -hmm. I, I make it to the border. Mm -hmm. What are my steps now in order to have legal status or to be able to work? Okay, uh, good. Um, I, I would, I would, I would, I, I will take two dates. Um, for that person, there are two things. If I, when I meet somebody like that, um, on my, at my law firm for a consultation or on a pro bono um, activity that I might be doing for some humanitarian organization, when I meet somebody like that, the first thing is when did you enter? Did you enter before November 6, 2022, or did you enter after that? Let's say the person entered before November 6, 2022. Why is this important? It's because that's mm -hmm. the date when the, the administration, the current administration announced a new TPS designation for Haiti, meaning all Haitians who were already present in the U.S. as of November 6, 2002, 2022, they can um, um, apply for TPS, Temporary Protected Status, regardless of whether they entered illegally or not, they can apply for TPS. So that person who came from Chile, from Brazil, from from uh, um, other uh, countries like Mexico or etc., they can apply for TPS if they entered illegally. Usually, this person will enter the country and they will be placed in removal proceeding um, because they entered without ins um, inspection or without being properly admitted. So they are placed in removal proceeding in front of a judge. This person is. Um, I'm going towards to see a judge, etc. But usually, based on having TPS, that person can at least ask the judge to temporarily close the removal proceeding um, um, as the person is holding TPS status. And that removal proceeding can restart once the person stops having TPS. And that TPS comes with the work permit. So that's that for the people who entered before November 6th um, and now who are Haitian. And, and because if they have other nationalities who don't have TPS, then they don't qualify.
now if somebody okay. enters in, in if somebody enters in december or in january um now that person probably does not qualify for tps as haitian um, because they entered after the date this person may will have will be in removal proceeding this person if they had um persecution in their home country um or anywhere they may be able to um make an application for asylum and once they make that application for asylum after 150 days they will be able to make um, their first application for a work permit usually technically they should receive that work permit after 180 days that's not always the case the government takes longer than that but the person is legally eligible for that work permit once the 180 days mark arrives and then that person can start the process of working while this person keep keeps going to their appointment whether it is with ice um or whether it is with um the uh, actual judge in charge of their removal cases so that's the normal process for somebody who enters now whether or not they apply for cps it makes a big difference um on what they may be able to do and what they may be able to expect in the process okay that's me that makes perfect sense now let's jump into the new program that was implemented back in uh a few weeks ago i believe january yes. 6 of this year yeah. uh it's called the uh uh, human uh, parole humanitarian yep. program. Yes, humanitarian. Let's parole let's let's jump into this program. Who mm -hmm. qualifies for it, and mm -hmm. what are the benefits of this program? And right now, are you seeing people um, benefiting from it? In other words, are people starting to come in <clears throat> based on this program? Um. Okay. So the humanitarian parole program is a program that. Um, the Biden administration started for some countries like Venezuela. They started that program in October 2022 when, when um, they were trying to, con to reduce the flow at the southern border. Um, and according to their own numbers, they say the amount of Venezuelans at the border drastically um, um, dropped once they started this program basically they say instead of going to the border and ask and apply for admission to enter into the u.s you don't you don't even have to do that you can just stay home and make everything home just let us know if you have somebody in the u.s who can actually agree to support you while you're here and if you do have that you don't have to make your way all the way to the border we will let you have you will let you purchase a ticket and and catch a flight to come to the US with a proper travel authorization document, you can stay home to do the entire process. Now, that was for the Venezuela. And on January 5th, this year, the administration added um, three other countries to that list. Now it's Nicaragua, Cuba, Haiti, and Venezuela. So it's those four countries, the people can stay in their country or anywhere else in the world except the u.s to be a beneficiary you need to be anywhere in the world except the u.s if you're in the u.s you're not you are not eligible for this program um then a family member in the u.s can apply and say i have enough to support this person the person shows how much they have by showing their tax transcript from the most recent fiscal year by showing the w-2s by showing their um, let bank official letter 
letter from their bank with set, certain specific requirement as to what they have in that bank account when they open it, um, and what they have been depositing for the last 12 months, etc. They can also um, submit proof of, of their own asset in the US. They answer questions related to how they plan to support this person, what do they plan, where do they plan to um, 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 provide housing to that person, etc., etc. So they provide all of those information, and then they once they receive the approval, the person from you know, on their end can um, do some other um, steps from their phone, totally online, until they get to the point of receiving the travel authorization and come to the U.S. So the goal of this program is to reduce the flow at the border. And at the same time, this program is um, um, coming at a time where the government is um, enhancing their plan of removing people um, 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 expeditiously at the border. Meaning once somebody comes, usually they would need to, they will have a right to be heard. And if they have a, a, a fear of return to their home country, so they will have a right to be heard. But now that right to be heard um, is no longer applicable based on Title 42, which is a special status statute that says, or, or a special law, I would say, that says for medical, for um, public health reasons, the U.S. can stop receiving people and not even um, listen to their asylum claim, whether or not they have one, and then ca they can ask them to go back home because of um, the public health crisis that the country is facing. So um, at the border now, Title 42 is, is, helping, is, is helping them, the administration, is giving them um, um, a molly way to remove people um, 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 immediately. And then at the same time, they are telling people, just don't go to the border. If you come to the border, I will remove you. And, and you'll be deported, you will have problems, you will not be eligible for that power program. But if you stay home and you don't come uh, and you don't come to the border, then you can do everything and then we can, we can uh, manage everything in an orderly fashion. So that's the political goal of this program. And that's why from day one, I felt like it was reasonable to expect that it will work for certain people because it needs to send that political message that the administration is willing to send. Now, this is my next point to that program, or my next point, my next question to within within the new program is that how long is it for? Because I'm hearing that it's for two years that the person can come and stay. So, what happened after that two years is up? That's that's the one million dollars question. We don't know. Um, um, we we don't know because. Um, once you admit it, you update it for up to 24 months. The officer at the airport even has discretion to decide whether it's going to be 24 months or less. So once that two years, um, when two years is up, there are one thing, there's one thing you, you, you need to, 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 um, think about is that this president will probably be either on the second term or or another president will be here in two years. So that's why it, we we do not know what can happen in two years. And 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 the two the two years period um starts um at a different date for everybody. 
It's not the same. It's not like CPS that starts at the same time for for, for every Haitian. The two the your two years period that it will start once you um, land in the U.S. and that you go through security. You answer some question for for the CBP agent at the airport, and then they put that stamp. So the person that was coming tomorrow, um, um, like January twenty fourth, will have two years until January twenty um third, two thousand twenty five. So 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 that's that's that. And the person coming in March will have a different date. Two okay. years will be different for everybody. So to say. To be able to say what will happen in two years, we don't know. Um, of course, we know those people will have other rights, like the rights to claim asylum if they have a legitimate claim. Nobody can take this rights from them. And when somebody applies for asylum, usually it's a longer process than two years because there's different layers of um, um, jurisdiction um, that the person can go through until they, they come to a final decision in regard to asylum. So um, um, we don't know what can happen in two years, but um, um, that this is something that um, politics will, 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 will tell us. So basically what you're telling me, this program, another administration can come in and just remove it, point blank, period. Oh, def definitely, because, because the, a president created it, it, it not Congress, not, not, not anyone. Uh, but a president created it under its own executive power um, and, and for urgent humanitarian reason, and he created it. So the same way he was able to create it, another president can come and, 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 and stop it. Um, and that would not be surprising. Though, uh, that, and that's one of the reasons why we really don't know and we really can't say what will happen in, in two years. Is there a, a part of the uh, per, the person sponsoring? Do they ask a certain amount of money that you need to have in your bank account? The reason I'm asking, let's say somebody who's retired and trying mm -hmm. to have someone coming in, that retiree doesn't have that much money. They're on a fixed income. So how would that work for a person like that? That 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 person can can use assets to cover any gap in their um, um, income. Um, and money in the bank account can be considered an asset. And it's a good asset that, that is immediately convertible into cash. Um, um, so it's a good asset that they can use if they are retirees. Um, they can use other asset or income even if they have rental income. If they have other income, they can use even though they are retirees. Now, they are... The amount of money you need in your bank account, usually if you have an income, you, you don't have a set amount of money you need to have in your bank account because the guideline for, for, for the sponsor is clear. It's about income. It's about the poverty guideline. You have 100% of the poverty guideline, whether or not you are at that 100% level. And if you are at that 100% level, then this is how many people you can um, um, sponsor. So to know that you count yourself, you count um, any child um, that you have that uh, um, um, still consider you dependent for tax purposes, you 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 count all that and any other person um, you for whom you applied or oh, that same for that same form already, you count them 
And then from that, you see what your household is and you see for that kind of household, what the income needs to be in order to meet at least 100% of the poverty guideline. And if you do have that, from that, you add the people um, who, who are, you, you want to uh, um, sponsor and then that will be a bigger household and you show that you have that income on your tax um, transcript preferably or tax return with W2 schedule C1099 and all of those good, good other forms that come um, with um, tax return. But if you adopt your tax transcript, it makes it easier. Um, but income is the simplest or the most regular way to do it. But we can be creative sometimes um, as attorneys or other people, we can be creative because some people are retirees, some people have, because somebody with CPS now, that's one thing I didn't say. Somebody who has CPS can also be a sponsor for somebody who wants to come here for two years. It's, it's, it's a little bit, um, um, when you think about it, the CPS is for 18 months, but they are promising to sponsor somebody for two years. So, uh, so, so it's, it's a little bit funny, but it's possible. So um, that person might not have a tax return from um, 2021. Why? Because they just got TPS last year. So that person might not be able to actually give a tax return, but they may be able to pro provide some pay stuff. They may be able to just find their first W2 this year. We are starting the tax season now, so most companies should be giving W2 at this point or 1099, et cetera. So that person might still be able to show proof of income without tax. Unfortunately, our audio got cut off. You can reach attorney Eddie Laguerre at 305-204-2727. Again, 305-204-2727. And he will be coming back to the um, show so we can finish our conversation. Thank you. Until the next time.